Fun right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, we are now learning that this coronavirus is far less deadly than originally reported by the World Health Organization. That 3.5% number that was sent out by the World Health Organization is part of the reason of this over-the-top reaction to this virus that has basically crashed the American economy. And, um, you know, these are the people at the United Nations that we turn to for guidance in coordinating these, uh, you know, uh, pandemic responses from many nations. Uh, They have praised China to the heavens for their response to this, despite the fact that China didn't report uh, the news of the original outbreak until after it had already escaped that Wuhan virus and been able to travel around the world. But we're learning that, uh, you know, the reason that the numbers were um, believed was because we were not aware of how many people had, in fact, been infected that were showing little or no symptoms at all. Then the denominator in this equation is how many people actually carry the virus so that you can know the numerator, which is the number of the people that actually died. We now see that that number is down to 1% and will probably continue to fall. So once again, the president has been borne out uh, when he said that he does not believe that the death rate was nearly as high as being reported. He was absolutely excoriated on that by the Democrats and the media who claimed that he was not listening to his scientists and that uh, that he was uh, spreading disinformation. So in the places uh, like Iceland and uh, and other populations uh, where testing has been widespread, we see that the actual number of the people is uh, is falling below one percent after having been reported in the media as high as four percent. Now the mortality rate of the the flu. Uh, the seasonal flu is about 0.01%. So even if this falls to uh, less than half a percent, then um, then it, it will be more deadly. But we could have probably dealt with this virus uh, the same way that we deal with other uh, epidemics by um, by identifying the cases. Uh, quarantining the people that had it and having the people that were, uh, you know, at risk, elderly and people with underlying health conditions, just uh, isolate themselves and take measures of, uh, you know, cleanliness and and, uh, other measures to keep themselves from being infected. But these shutdowns that we've implemented as a result of this virus have absolutely uh, wrecked this economy. It sent our 
stock markets into a tailspin and it is, uh, I think now we're seeing jobless rates at the highest point in recorded history. The president is now saying we have to push past this and uh, uh, start preparing for the day when we're going to put this economy back to work. And of course, he's being excoriated for that as well. Trump's latest answer is uh, is twofold. He, he wants to have a goal, and he's setting this goal for Easter, which is, what, 17 days from now, um, to start in phases, opening up this economy in areas where it is feasible, not possibly in New York City, where they have just absolutely been hammered. And it's because of their own actions. Uh, they, they try to tell, you know, tell us that Trump... Uh, doesn't pay attention to the doctors, but you actually had the public health professionals in the leadership and the mayor's office telling New Yorkers to go about their business and that this uh, this Wuhan virus, as it was called at the time, uh, was surround, you know, a, a lot of misinformation. So Easter would be about uh, a month into the original guidelines coming uh, forward from the White House to limit the spread of this. And, uh, you know, going back to work doesn't mean that the entire response to this crisis will, will end. We will, if we do it right, start implementing the actual measures that should have been implemented from the get-go. And that is, if you're at a high-risk group, you isolate yourself. If you've been identified as having the virus and we've got widespread testing in place now, that you uh, you are quarantined. I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, uh, people used to catch the German measles, and the German measles would kill uh, a goodly number of, uh, especially young people that caught it. But I, I got to deal with this um, this beep going on in the background. I figure out what it is, but it would kill a goodly number of uh, kids that caught it. And and if you were old and you had not had it uh, previously. It was, uh, it was very deadly indeed, but you know, you would go to the doctor, you would be diagnosed. The doctor would notify the public health agency. They would come by your house stand. And I remember it. They would stand at a distance at the door. They would hand you the, uh, measures that you were expected to take in order to, uh, keep this virus from spreading. And then they would post a notice on your door on pink paper that this, uh, this household was under quarantine. I can't remember if they used to bring you food or how, in fact, uh, you were uh, you were able to uh, survive during that quarantine period. But but I do remember being under quarantine uh, when uh, myself and my brothers caught the German measles. <laughs> and by the way, there was nobody running around ex- uh, accusing you of being a racist or a xenophobe because it was called the the German measles. But I think that uh, Easter is a good target for us to uh, to shoot for a little more than two weeks from now to start at least uh, normalizing the response to this virus now that we know that the original response was a, a massive overreaction. And nowhere has that overreaction been better illustrated than in, in this stimulus package that uh, they've put together. It's $2 trillion on the face of it, but if you dig deeper into it to see what the actions of the Federal Reserve will be, it will total out at about $6 trillion. $6 
trillion dollars. That's more than the annual budget of the United States government. And uh, after originally trying to load up this this uh, package with a bunch of um, special uh, social justice warrior projects and Green New Deal add-ons and refugee racket um, bills, uh, they have, in fact, the Democrats in the Senate have relented and allowed them to pass this measure, and then now they're going to send it over to the House of Representatives. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it at the House of Representatives. It's getting very little coverage in the media, but the House of Representatives is still in recess. They are not in town. They have fled for the hills. The Senate, for their part, the Republican-controlled Senate, has stayed in session, but they're going to send this bill over to the House, despite the fact that they're in recess, and they're going to bring two representatives back to the floor of the House that uh, will represent the Democrats and the Republicans, one each, and they're going to pass this package with a so-called unanimous consent. Apparently, you don't have to have a quorum, a certain number of representatives present in order to vote, and they're going to have two representatives on the floor while the rest of them are at home hunkering down in their basements, and they're going to pass this thing on unanimous consent. That's if... Uh, the squad and AOC don't get their way. They're very disappointed that they weren't allowed to load up the bill with, with a bunch of uh, goodies, social justice warrior goodies and green new deal add-ons and, and uh, things that weaken our border protections. And AOC is now warning that she may deny uh, this unanimous consent by showing up on the floor and objecting which would require all of the House members to return for a stimulus vote and could, well, would certainly delay its final passage. (laughs) That's unbelievable. But even even after the Democrats were exposed for trying to load up this uh, this response with all of their favorite pet projects and pork, uh, nonetheless, a lot of uh, pork got through, and apparently the president has agreed to it in order to get this deal and recover or rescue the economy. There's going to be $25 million for the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. There's going to be $300 million for National Public Radio. There's going to be another $300 million for refugee resettlement. At the time, we're being um, basically wrecked as a result of a foreign virus coming into our country. They have allowed $300 million to get into this package for further refugee resettlement. Matt Getz was uh, on Fox, and this is what he had to say about that. President Trump and the task force have been very helpful to our efforts here in Florida. And while President Trump leads our country with conviction, you see Joe Biden seizing up like he's the tin man when his teleprompter freezes. We don't need the Mr. Magoo presidency that Joe Biden promises. And as to Governor Huckabee's point about Democrats trying to seize power, as Senator Graham works to fix these unemployment problems you've been talking about in this bill, I sure hope he'll try to take out the $350 million 
dollars for migrant and resettlement for refugees in our country. Why in the world would we have $350 million for migrants and refugees before we restore the economic condition of every American in our country? And oh, by the way, Sean, no money for Border Patrol and ICE in this bill, but you see the Democrats, just as Governor Huckabee said, doing everything they can to socially engineer through a crisis. So if you wondered why Ilhan Omar, the one of the members of the squad, the Somali representative from uh, Minneapolis, has, if you wondered why she was uh, tweeting out support for this bill, now you know why, because Minneapolis is the epicenter of our refugee resettlement rackets, and apparently... Um, they stand to to profit wildly off of this stimulus package. Now, I don't know what the Kennedy Performing Arts Center has to do with coronavirus recovery. Apparently, a bunch of museums in New York City are going to get paid as well. I don't know what National Public Radio, who is now refusing to carry the daily pandemic up brief, uh, uh, briefings because they, they fear that it might help this president in his reelection campaign, and we're also learning that there was provisions put in there specifically targeted at Donald Trump's hotel businesses. In, in other words, all the other hotel businesses can get uh, relief out of this package, but the president is being excluded. You know, I'm, I'm tempted to say I don't want elected officials to benefit from uh, legislation that they pass. But the truth of the matter is we knew the president was in the hotel business and I don't see why his businesses should be singled out uh, for uh, for separate treatment. But, you know, you had Chuck Schumer on TV bragging about the fact that they had they had inserted this provision. It is going to prevent other elected officials who have um, interests in businesses. Uh, it's going to prevent those businesses from benefiting as well. But the 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 point and the intention of this provision that they would not have asserted otherwise was to try to punish the president. The president, for his parts, being, you know, uh, he's compromising. You could say that he's even being benevolent because he is. Uh, he's agreed to sign the bill despite the fact that it's all got all of these Democrat goodies in it. It doesn't have the the offsets, carbon offsets for the airlines. It doesn't have the the same day voting. Uh, or same-day voter registration and voting by mail that the Democrats wanted, but it has a bunch of the other uh, pork projects. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us, and we'll be right back after this brief message. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver, 
papers and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800 We're going to be joined in the second half of today's show by Michael Darty. He's a, a frequent guest on this program and president of LabMD. He's also CEO of Any Lab Test Now, and uh, we're going to talk about the the various uh, drugs, including hydroxychloroquine and the Z packs that can be uh, prescribed for the the patients of this Wuhan uh, virus. You would think that uh, Donald Trump um, touting the possible benefits of hydroxychloroquine and Z packs uh, was uh, was something akin to. Um, a vampire. The media absolutely went on a crusade to discredit hydroxychloroquine because the president uh, suggested that it might. Well, he actually said that he had great faith that it could be a successful treatment. And we're, we're seeing more and more proof, both in uh, studies abroad. The FDA has just started their studies here in this country, so we don't know the results. But these uh, these these uh, treatments have been studied abroad and they have shown to be successful enough so that we have doctors now uh, prescribing it. But we've had two governors, at least in New York and Nevada, that have issued executive orders forbidding doctors from prescribing it uh, except for in the hospitals. And uh, I pointed out on yesterday's show that you've just never seen a more blatant example of fake news to the extent that it really puts the news media in in the uh, in the position of being the enemies of the American people, as their treatment over this story in Arizona, where uh, a, a, a stupid husband and wife saw chloroquine as an ingredient on a aquarium cleaner and took it, thinking that it would prevent them from getting the coronavirus, it killed the husband and landed the wife in ICU and the, and the news media, including CNN, including New York Times, including CBS, published the story that they had taken the, a drug because uh, Trump had touted its, its possible benefits and had died from it. And you had to read, read deep in the story in, in CBS to see that, in fact, that it was an aquarium cleaner. It wasn't an actual drug. It wasn't even the compound that uh, that is contained in the drug, it was chloroquine phosphate. <laughs> it's no surprise at all that they died from it. But CBS published a headline that uh, uh, a couple took the drug and died because Trump said it was good. And then instead of showing a picture of the aquarium cleaner, they showed a picture of uh, uh, tablets in a, uh, in a container to further mislead the reader. You had to read deep into the story to find out the truth. CNN, for their part, didn't even tell you what the truth was. They just said that they took chloroquine and died, and it's the president's fault. Unbelievable. It's probably the biggest, most blatant case of fake news possible. The president, when he was giving his 
his uh, White House briefing yesterday, took a question from a CBS reporter who was trying to pin him down, and here was his, uh, his statement to her. Mr. President, you tweeted earlier linking the closing of the country to your election success uh, in, in November. Is this Easter timeline based on your... I should say that she's attacking him on the, uh, the plan to reopen the economy, but uh, he gets to the end where you know he knows who all of these reporters are, and he calls her out for the, uh, the fake news coverage on chloroquine. Political interest? Because you, you, you tweeted, you said that the media wants the country to remain closed to hurt your odds no, no, of being reelected. Yeah, no, the media would like to see me do poorly in the election. Sir, I think, sir I think, lawmakers and economists on both sides of the aisle have said that reopening the country by Easter is not a good idea. Interrupting the what president. What is that plan based on? Just so you understand. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I think there are certain people that would like it not to open so quickly. I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls and i don't know if that's so but i do think it's so that a lot of that there are people in your profession that would like that to happen but your own I medical experts did clear. not endorse that plan i think yesterday. it's very clear that there are people in your profession that write fake news you do she does there are people in your profession that write fake news they now he could have called her out specifically on this chloroquine story I, I still am I'm just flabbergasted that they publish such a blatant example of fake news. We're going to uh, hopefully recover from, from this period in our political life. And at journalism schools throughout this country, they should be studying this particular instance of fake news where the media went all in on fake news to the point where they were proving that the president's accusations of being enemies of the American people are in fact true. You know, early on in this, uh, this outbreak, uh, the fake news media was downplaying it and saying that it was disinformation and springing to the defense of the communist Chinese. And uh, Tucker Carlson on his show last night put together a uh, sort of a montage and uh, a, a bill of particulars on the media's early reaction to the reports of this virus. On January 29th, the day after that aired, Vox tweeted this. Is coronavirus going to be a global pandemic? No. Period. The Washington Post launched a barrage of articles explaining how coronavirus fear was totally irrational. On January 31st, they wrote this. How our brains make coronavirus seem scarier than it is. February 1st, get a grip, America. The flu is a much bigger threat than coronavirus for now. February 3rd, why we should be wary of an aggressive government response to coronavirus, end quote, the response they're now demanding. As new cases of this disease popped up around the world, the delusion continued unabated. In fact, it got worse. On February 18th, the New York Times, the paper scolding Fox News, declared that, quote, in Europe, fear spreads faster than the coronavirus itself. Three weeks later, Italy shut itself down and thousands died. On CNN, on February 21st, they told you that the real plague in America was, quote, racist assaults and ignorant attacks against Asians, end quote. That's always the fear, and it's always aimed at you. That's what they really believed. Caring about coronavirus, wanting to protect the public from a pandemic, was racist. That's how deluded they were. Mark Levine chairs the Health Committee on the New York City Council. On February 9th, he tweeted this, quote, 
in a powerful show of defiance of coronavirus scare. Huge crowds gathering in New York City's Chinatown for ceremony ahead of annual Lunar New Year parade. If you're staying away, you're missing out. And he goes on to give many, many more examples, including the uh, the director of public health in New York City, encouraging people to go about their business and, and ignore the misinformation surrounding the coronavirus. You notice that uh, none of the media is is calling them to to account other than Fox News, of course, and uh, One America News. But uh, they're entirely ignoring the disastrous way that New York City health officials handled this and They're ignoring uh, that uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, refused to invest in ventilators last year to prepare for pandemics and instead put that money toward, uh, you know, Green New Deal, uh, social justice warrior projects. They public fake news on that president that's trying to deal with this and they ignore entirely actual documented stories that uh, that would look bad for their democrat fellow travelers we got to run out to a break when we come back we're going to be joined by michael doherty president of lab md and any lab test now we're going to talk about the uh, hydroxychloroquine and other possible treatments stick with us you're going to hear two messages and then we'll be right back on right now with jim dawes on the mojo 50 radio network This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American first perspective. Well, in the last week, we've seen the great American free market healthcare system mobilize to catch up with this viral crisis. And this is really the American way. While the, uh, the Democrats and the media have pressed the president to order companies to produce goods to address the crisis. His, uh, his trade director, Peter Navarro, has coordinated and cleared red tape out of the way so that dozens of American corporations and small businesses uh, have mobilized to produce face masks, respirators, ventilators, and, uh, and uh, hand sanitizers to address this crisis. And already in the last eight days, we're now learning that uh, we have uh, mobilized to do more testing than South Korea was able to do in eight weeks. To talk about this, we're joined now by Michael Doherty. He's president of LabMD and CEO of Any Lab Tests Now. They're located in Atlanta. And he's author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. 
You can get that on Amazon.com. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, sir. So I know you're in the business. Uh, you're you're not yet um, mobilizing your production facilities to address this crisis, but you you see a lot of uh, the Democrats now assailing the president for not um, you know making these orders under the, the Defense Production Act for U.S. businesses to mobilize. Uh, don't you or do you agree with me that it's much better to allow? Uh, these businesses to uh, take care of their own business and address this crisis? Absolutely. And we're seeing a real-time live example as to why. I mean, if we would give Congress and the bureaucratic machine, which is nothing more than a bunch of sociopaths that want to leverage everything for their own political gain, their hands on this, we'd have way more deaths. Look at this bills that have gone to this week. Look what all Nancy Pelosi did was come back from her vacation and interfere in the Senate and dump the, the, her, the presidential uh, race points into the bill and screw it up for 72 hours. And the only thing, and she's an animal. These people are sharks and they only respond to fire. They have no remorse. They have no integrity. And, and you have to witness this. So what backed her off? The outrage of the public. Now, this is how democracy is supposed to work, so we don't have people like her so deeply in government. But when we're not in an emergency like this, that's hitting the public right between the eyes because they personally are being impacted, uh, the, the, the public is much more um, passive and circled and confused and emotionally manipulated. So, you know, hopefully we'll see how long their memories are because this is, you know, the private, the hardcore manufacturing, what has been gutted in this country the past 15 years, the sending everything over to China by the people that we put in office. This is, this has created such thin ice for us which is why there's such a shortage of these things and, and we couldn't get to speed anyway. And, uh, you know, we've empowered our enemies pretending that everybody's a good guy if you just talk to them nicely. And it's, it's outrageous. You know, I've told people that if you want the response to this, uh, this coronavirus, uh, the Wuhan virus, to look something akin to what you would experience at your local Department of Motor Vehicles, you just turn this over to the government and let them uh, take the lead on this. But you make a good point regarding how uh, our leaders in in both the uh, uh, government, uh, the economic sector, and in manufacturing allowed this country to become so dependent on life-saving critical pharmaceuticals from a, a nation that uh, intends to displace us economically and militarily on the world stage. These are the same brilliant leaders that we're expected to turn to to address this current crisis. And they're the same ones that are trying to hide the story that it's China, China, China. And they, don't, and, 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 and they use the same old relentless, boring drumbeat. And that is, oh, it's racist. I mean, I don't see their concern about, I don't, you know, fine, don't use the word China. You want to play PC politics? Have it. Let's go right back to how it started. What was let's, call it, let's call it the communist virus. How, how's that? Yeah, uh, the, the Chinese communist virus. You know, when I was growing up, uh, we used to be quarantined uh, whenever we caught the German measles. I don't recall anybody back then accusing us of xenophobia or racism because we called uh, a, a strain of the measles uh, from the nation where it originated. 
Well, two two things. We had the greatest generation, you know, with um, alive, the World War II generation, and we didn't have uh, generations flying out of the womb with an uh, you know an Apple phone in their hand, thinking everything is easy and free and at your fingertips. These people have no experience with discomfort or pain. It's unbelievable, and so they don't understand. And and I I think if we call the communists. With a straight face, you would hear a report on NPR about how we really shouldn't be uh, uh, isolating communist people. It's not their fault. I mean, these people say these things today that would explode your brain 20 years ago because they don't get it. And what's more terrifying is that they really will go to bat for that and ignore this physical disease that had it been just caught a month earlier would have been way more contained because people don't understand that multiplier effect. The longer it goes unchecked, the, the more it spreads, the more there's a contain. And it's a two times two times two is way smaller than two times two times two times two. Times two. You know, the multiplier effect, once you get out, That's way what, out there, the, vi- the viral spread. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it multiplies logarithmically. And so that timing is so critical to get a lid on it early. And so, you know, three weeks alone could have pulled this in. But they don't want to talk about that. And the reason I want to talk about that is their entire agenda is all connected to this idea of success-hating, American-hating, freedom-hating. They hate that. They, they have this kumbaya, isn't possible to exist, you know, thing in their head that we're all going to be just a John Lennon song. And, uh, you know, imagine there's no heaven. Imagine there's right. no countries. I mean, you can't get more culturally Marxist than that. And you had these, uh, these celebrities on, uh, on Twitter singing that song at the exact same time. People need to have faith and have, have, uh, have confidence in their, uh, national government. Uh, they were undermining that. And, you know, thankfully they got called on, out on it. And so I'm not concerned about the people, once they get the information, they'd be appalled. But people understand that media smothers this stuff. It's not a lie through um, twisting facts that they do all the time. The, the masters of maybe and possibly and could have, and, you know, and then they make you think that that's really happening. But they're the masters of story suppression and and, and shiny object stories. And, and look at how, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. And, and a lot of outlets have done this in the last week, which is great. I don't see it nearly enough, is to take the New York Times and take all their story headlines from two months ago versus now. And it's just, I mean, there's, there's nothing left to say. They're just liars. First, they, they, were, first they were saying it was, it was overblown, that it was uh, misinformation, that we were uh, – uh, subject to, you know, uh, suffer this pandemic. And then as soon as th- that story uh, was discredited, they turned right around and started accusing the president of the United States of downplaying the crisis. It was the most dramatic uh, turnaround you would ever see. And now we see that they're entirely mobilized to discredit the the idea that this hyd- hydroxychlor- um, hydroxychloroquine and these uh, zethrom Zethromycin, as it uh, the Z packs right. can be effective, and and the most blatant lie that I've ever heard the legacy media tell. They claimed that that couple in Arizona that took aquarium oh. cleaner that contained chloroquine. It was actually chloroquine phosphate, which which is in fact deadly. 
uh, that, that that was an example of chloroquine not working and the president being wrong and stoking misinformation. And just shows how sociopathic they are. They're not journalists. They are, they are political campaign surrogates. They are just surrogates, and and it's terrifying. It, it, it's a brilliant – and politics has no boundaries, and the American public doesn't really understand how sociopaths survive and thrive in politics until we recognize it and don't take people at face value. You have to look at what they do, not listen to what they say so much. You have to compare the two, and when you see Pelosi – exploiting disease for her political agenda. When you see the news exploiting disease and solutions because they don't want Trump to win, this is freaking them out. They want to pretend that there's going to be a backlash here and the backlash better be against them or else we're really lost. Cause I've never, I, I hope we don't have that many gullible and stupid people in the country. Well, as we've seen the president's of, as we've seen the president's approval rating and his uh, his approval rating for his handling of this crisis rise to uh, 50 and 60 percent, respectively. Now we see that national public radio has decided to stop carrying the daily White House briefings. Uh. And and just the very next day, CBS, who is one of the ones pushing that bogus chloroquine story and uh, CNN have decided to stop carrying his his addresses, but by the way, they will continue to carry these these so-called shadow briefings from uh, Joe Biden's basement. Because they, I mean, how in the bag can you get? What an echo chamber! And 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 look, folks, we're going to have to save ourselves. And this isn't this is just the beat. This whole infrastructure of Washington through the media took a century to build. It's going to take more than one president and more than one term to tear it down. And I just pray every day that I'm on the 50 yard line with popcorn and beer, watching this election, watch Trump win. And then boy, he is not stupid and everything they've done to him. He's going to be in a hurry to rip the masks off. People really need to go to jail. The public really has to understand what Comey has done and Clapper has done. And it is, it is beyond, I mean, when it's like a pedophile priest level of, of, of offense. When you take the trust of the American people and you are there to protect them and you take that trust and exploit it and you try to create a lie to nullify an election because you know more, you need to go to jail. Well, those, uh, the Russiagate hoax and the Ukraine hoax was all about covering their butts. Uh, they, they, and now the they China got hoax. Caught. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, hesi- I'm, he- I'm, hesi- I'm hesitant to call it the China hoax because the virus is real, and the best information now is that it's about five times more uh, higher no, no, mortality. What I mean by that is their hoax that it's not China. Ah, yeah. I'm well, not saying, you know, we look at them try to look at them try to lift a fake lid someplace else and cram the fake lid over what's true. Well, we're now learning that the virus is far less deadly than originally estimated. And the latest study uh, out of Washington State University shows that uh, its spread is far less than predicted as well. They're now saying anywhere between 38,000 and 160,000 people based on current models and current, um, you know, uh, social distancing techniques uh, will, in fact, die of this. But that is far, far less than the two million that the mainstream media was screaming just a couple of weeks ago. And 
See, I've worked in medicine since I graduated from Michigan, and I will tell you, in surgery and cancer, in cancer diagnostics for over 30 years, and they, they, this is the big problem when we play politics with science and we, we decide that when we're sick, we should call our congressmen, because these people are uneducated liars, and they're narcissists. And they're in their own bubble, and there's no one there that will hold them accountable. There's no self-policing. And so they're lying like crazy through omission. They've offered no frame of reference. They just act like every death of a human being is a terrible thing and someone's fault. And that how many people are dying from the flu? We lose 2,150 people a day in heart attacks and cardio, cardiovascular problems. 2,050 a day. Now, where, where's their panic outrage? You know, we have communicative diseases. I mean, this is, what's the flu in comparison? So, you know, this is a long-term good fire drill that this is, this is what it takes to disembowel the media and these political lefties. Because when something like this, sickness and money hit home, Americans don't pay attention until it hits their home, their children, their house. Because we have sensory overload, but this is this is. I mean, people are in total reaction mode. They are not having time to process it. And I hope to God, Katie barred the door when this is over. We have the rearview mirror, because and they will work their tail off to circle and confuse everybody. It's going to be interesting to see off. where this thing actually does end up. If the if the deaths, um, you know, come in around fifty thousand, which is a bad flu season, there's no doubt that uh, you know we should have practiced. Uh, good san- uh, good sanitary practices and uh, and good uh, social distancing, but uh, do the damage that we've done to the American economy may turn out to be a just a, a massive mistake that uh, that will take um, months, if not years, to recover. And um, and you know I've recently seen where the governors of New York and Nevada have uh, issued executive orders forbidding. Doctors to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and these zethromycin. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. They it's call them- absolutely terrifying when when politicians practice medicine. See, people don't understand the FDA does not practice medicine. The FDA does not tell a doctor what he can prescribe. An FDA approves a product for marketing and tells a company what they can market. But once it's over here, a doctor can use it for ever, whatever the heck he wants. He's responsible for that if it's malpractice, but he can do whatever the heck he wants. All and these stupid politicians know this, and they start practicing medicine. You know, this is the crazy part about people. Like, why are you voting for these people? Look at now, uh, Gavin Newsom is using Chinese drones at night to fly around California to catch people that are breaking quarantine. This is insanity. Notice what they're efficient and good at. Police state tactics, uh, and and you worry that uh, you you see them closing down um, uh, firearms dealers. Uh, they're they're censoring on social media to try to uh, get anything other than the official narrative from uh, from breaking out. And, you know, you just wonder what kind of damage will be done to our civil liberties once this is all over. Oh, well, <clears throat> they'll, they'll, this is <laughs> they will not stop. This whole, this whole, this whole, this whole kumbaya thing, you have to just, you have to take away their power. And I don't know, it, what's terrifying is how many stupid people say stupid in California. 
I mean, if, if there's anyone that thinks that Nancy Pelosi cares about the health of anybody, all they got to do is go to San Francisco and spend one hour. I've often said that uh, actors that you see on uh, TV and movies are by definition narcissists. Otherwise, they would have never been able to claw their, claw their way uh, to that position. And the same can be said of politicians. The type of people that uh, rise to the top in politics uh, have politics on their mind first and foremost, and especially the ones that have uh, risen to the top of, uh, you know, like the speaker and the the uh, leader of the uh, Senate. Uh, they are the very worst, and I just don't know why uh, we can't at some point demand that we have uh, term limits on these sociopaths. I don't know. It's interesting. It's not just the left, folks. I mean, it is, you know, the bureaucrat is way larger than Republican plus Democrat. And and the, and in the parties, you know, the self-righteous people that suck off the system and exploit us, there's plenty of Republicans do the same thing. Michael Doherty is president of LabMD and CEO of Any Lab Test Now. He's author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. You can find him on the web at thedevilinsidethebeltway.com or on Twitter at Darty. that's spelled D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y-M-J. Michael, thanks for joining us. I hope you'll come back again. Oh, good talk to you. Thanks for having me. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-957-6209. 800-957-6209. 800 that's 800-957-6209. Well, yesterday after our airtime, uh, the National Public Radio announced that they would no longer be being covering uh, the president's daily coronavirus press briefings. After originally saying that he wasn't doing enough and wasn't visible enough, now they've, uh, they've decided that they don't want to see him anymore. And this is undoubtedly tied to the fact uh, that uh, approval and confidence in his his handling of this crisis have have uh, sent his approval ratings to about sixty percent, and now we see that CNN and M NBC are also joining NPR and no longer uh, carrying the uh, press briefings from the White House, and uh, they're undoubtedly doing this because these approval numbers are going up, uh, furthering the president's approval ratings and possible reelection. And, you know, you get, these are the same news outlets, by the way, that have been uh, spreading this fake chloroquine news that it's uh, it's not a, not effective and uh, is no use in this pandemic. 
And this, uh, you got to keep in mind, is at the same time that they're uh, desperately trying to build up Joe Biden as he holds these daily shadow briefings from his basement in Maryland. And I think it's becoming, it's starting to set in with the Democrat Party and the people on the left that Joe Biden is a, a, an actual unmitigated disaster that they, they're headed for if they uh, put this guy up against Donald Trump in the fall. Joe Biden has uh, recently started uh, hosting what he calls Biden Happy Hour as the nation endures the coronavirus panic. These are the people, the, the same tone-deaf people that nominated Biden to begin with that are now calling his, his daily um, phone conferences via Skype with, uh, with voters a happy hour. And the more Joe Biden is on TV, the more he speaks, the more uh, he is revealed as not being fit for the job that's coming up. Here's a, a, another sample, a long list of samples that I've been carrying all week of Joe Biden recently uh, speaking from his basement in Maryland. And uh, and so there's a lot we can do. But, uh, um, you know, I when I left the United States Senate, I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And um, I've spent a lot of time in, and the University of Delaware has the Biden School there as well. So I spent a lot of time on campus with college students. But it's oh, not just. Oh, my God. So that was uh, from this uh, this Biden happy hour, so-called. He's speaking with a a student and trying to relate to him. And he claims that after he left the Senate, he became a professor at the university of Pennsylvania, which is a, uh, an Ivy league school, totally forgetting or getting confused or being dishonest about the fact that, uh, he got an honorary professorship. He never taught a class. He, he was never on campus. And on top of that, it was after he left the vice presidency, not after he left the Senate. He's once again, confusing which office, uh, as he did when he told that, that audience in, um, in South Carolina that he uh, was running for Senate and asking for their vote. This is, uh, this is Joe Biden appearing yesterday on National Public Radio, and he's talking with a reporter and claiming that, uh, that Donald Trump's approval numbers are going down um, as a result of his handling of the coronavirus. I noticed that the president's numbers of the public have gone up in handling this crisis, but they haven't gone up in terms of his presidency. Uh, uh, Gallup did show he is now at 49% job approval, which is a reversal from a few weeks ago. So it's just an interesting <laughs> development. It does suggest that the American people see him as a stronger leader than you've been maybe characterizing him. Well, I hope that he does. He's so strong that he's up way above that because we need the help now. We, we need, need the help, help now. now. Oh, my God. So as the reality sets in with the Democrat parties on the disastrous mistake they've made in pushing this guy to the top of the nomination, uh, just... Exactly on time comes out a, a, a Me Too attack that is actually getting some play in the mainstream media. Uh, this story actually came back uh, during the campaign when Joe Biden was uh, sniffing some um, staffer's hair in New Mexico, and she uh, she took it public, and uh, and you know he got attacked for that. But uh, the the story came out at the same time and was suppressed by the media that a former Senate staffer 
of Joe Biden had accused him previously of sexual assault. Here is Tara Reid recounting her story. And then it, we were alone, and it was the strangest thing. There was no, like, exchange, really. He just had me up against the wall. And um, I was wearing, like, a skirt and, you know, a business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day, and I was wearing heels. And I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the Capitol, mm-hmm. like, walking. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember, like, I was wearing a blouse, and he just had me up against the wall, and the wall was cold. And I remember he, it happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And um, yeah, and then he went, oh, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it. And he uh, penetrated me with his fingers, whatever. And um, I... Uh, he was kissing me at the same time and he was saying something to me. He said several things and I can't remember everything he said. I remember a couple of things. I remember him saying first, before, like as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me when I pulled away, he um, got finished doing what he was doing. And I kind of was pulled back and he said, he said, come on, man. I heard you liked me. Come on, and man. It's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking, what I might've said. And I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it's, it's like he implied like that I had done this. Like, I don't know. And for me, it was like every, everything shattered in that moment because I knew like we were alone. It was over. Right. He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. So I'm not vouching for the credibility of that accusation, although she did make so-called contemporaneous reports of it at the time. But I think it's awfully interesting that this is uh, that this is just now coming out as it serves the Democrats party's interest in knocking Joe Biden off the stage so that they can move forward with another nominee after Joe Biden has uh, demonstrated that he is no match for Donald Trump. You know, uh, we've seen these these hashtag Me Too accusations when they served the Democrats' political agenda before against Donald Trump and against Brett Kavanaugh and others. So, I'm not uh, I'm not saying the accusations of Tara Reid are false. I'm not saying they're true. I'm saying that they're out there and they're starting to break through in the mainstream media at a time when. You would expect that uh, they would be circling around their Democrat nominee. Joe Biden is not going to be president. He can't be president. He can't be the nominee. I was saying that all along, and I was surprised when the Democrat Party mobilized to try to get clear the field so that he could take the nomination. But now we have seen repeatedly that he is uh, he's not all there and that he is uh, too low energy to either win the election or uh, to manage in this kind of crisis. Well, that takes us to the end of the right, this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back again here tomorrow on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.